This is Generation Justice, a multiracial project that trains youth to harness the power of community through media, narrative, and critical consciousness. I'm Madhumita Santanam. And I'm Angel Baker Guillen. We want to remind you that this program broadcasts from the rightful lands of the Tiwa people. Tonight, we focus on what's happening in our community. Karen Cate of La Raza Unida Party and Diego Renteria, co-chair of Mecha of UNM, tell us everything about the upcoming La Raza Unida Youth Conference on Chicanidad in the 21st century. The Asian American Pacific Islander Resource Center at UNM was established this academic year. Tonight, Baran Oshin, Associate Director, and Emma Hotz, founding member and lead student ambassador at APERC, tell us about the ribbon cutting ceremony and resources they offer. And to celebrate the last week of Holy Month of Ramadan, we bring you an interview with Elder Sahib Sadam Musafruddin, who shares the meaning of the Holy Month of Ramadan. As always, we have wonderful music to share with you and our weekly segment, Vaccine Equity. Yes, our first song of the program is Corrido de Rio Arriba by Los Reyes de Albuquerque. Año de 67 Cinco de junio fue el día What does Chicanidad in the 21st century look like? The Raza Unida Youth Conference on Chicanidad is taking place from April 29th through May 1st. Karen Cate, a member of La Raza Unida and Diego Renteria of Mecha de UNM, joined GJ member Barbara Ramirez to give us the details. This is Barbara Ramirez with Generation Justice, and I'm speaking with Karen Cathy of La Raza Unida Party and Diego Renteria, co-chair of Mecha of UNM, El Movimiento Estudiantil Chicano de Aztlán, both organizers of the upcoming La Raza Unida Youth Conference on Chicanidad in the 21st century. Karen and Diego, welcome to Generation Justice. Thank you for having us, Barbara. Yes, thank you for having us. Please tell us more about yourselves, and let's start with you, Diego. Okay. Um, well, hola, my name is uh, Diego Renteria. I'm currently a sophomore at the University of New Mexico. Um, I'm currently studying Chicano Chicano Studies, and I'm hoping to minor in Spanish as well. Um, yeah, I'm just excited to be here, um, and I'm really excited for everything that we got going on. Thank you. Karen? Yeah, and, um, bienvenidos. Um, I'm glad to be able to talk to the audience of Generation Justice. It's a great program. It's been around many years. And thank you, Roberta Rael. Um, my daughter was also part of Generation Justice at the time when she was at UNM. Um, so yes, my name is Karen Cate, and I'm part of La Razonida. And I'm a community organizer. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm excited about the conference and to have an intergenerational um, discussion with young people about um, El Movimiento. Muchas gracias a los dos. Thank you for being here with DJ today. And Karen, I'm glad to have you on the DJ Airways. 
Tell us about La Raza Unida and your mission. La Raza Unida, um, it's a, it started out as a political organization um, in response to the two-party system because they weren't meeting the needs of Chicanos, Mexicanos, Mexican-Americans. Um, during the Vietnam War, uh, there was many um, raza on the front lines. And, and that was not a good thing um, to be on the front lines. And that's where most of them were put. And then education was another thing that was happening. Um, education was not equitable for raza. Um, so in Texas, um, La Raza Unida ran candidates back in the day. And that was during the late 60s, the early 70s, when the movimiento began uh, all throughout the Southwest or all throughout Aztlan as many Raza know um, from back then. Um, and so now Raza Unida's focus is consciousness raising and we've never left. People think that the movimiento stopped, it did not. Thank you, Karen, for that history and, and important background. Diego, tell us about Mecha of UNM. So Mecha in UNM recently, last semester we just rechartered the last time we were active on the UNM campus was in 2018. Originally, it just started in a classroom. It was in my introduction to Chicano studies. And our professor said, hey, if anybody's inside, you know, if anybody wants to start a club, stay after class and we can talk about it. So myself, you know, I was very involved and I wanted to be as involved as I could. So I stayed along with a couple other classmates and we decided that, you know, we wanted to form this little group. And he said, uh, you know, let's let's form a Mecha chapter. And I was like, you know, let's, you know, let's do it. My tío, he was a Mechista back in his undergrad years a long time ago in Texas, you know. And um, if I'm being completely honest, I was it was the first time I was hearing about it, you know. And so I thought, you know, this is this is insane. Let's do this. Um, for those who are unaware. Mecha, as, as you said before, is an acronym. It stands for Movimiento Estudiantil Chicano de Aslan. And it's just the way that I like to say it is we're just a ton of Chicanos and Latinos that like to better our community, learn about our raza, learn about our, you know, our past, our history, as well as, you know, just kind of help each other when it comes to different things like that. Fortunately, we have a very diverse group here on campus. You know, we have a lot of folks that come from all different walks of life. And we just want to do as much as we can for Albuquerque, for really UNM, and just anywhere that we can help. And I'd like to just say a little bit about Mecha. Um, I was also a Menchista. I'm an alumni of the UNM Mecha, which started back in, restarted. Well, it's been around a long time at UNM. My husband helped to start the Mechas in the high schools way back in the 90s. And so it's good to see like a rebirth happening again of Mecha. Thank you so much for adding that, Karen and Diego. It's amazing what you're doing and your leadership. So I'm, I'm so glad to be speaking with both of you today. Please share more about La Raza Unida Youth Conference about Chicanidad in the 21st century. What is the schedule and what activities can people expect? When it comes to the uh, La Raza Unida Conference here, uh, UNM, Mecha wanted to help as much as we can. I got in contact with a camarada of mine and he came to a workshop that we had. It was on uh, Chicana feminism. Two of the machistas were given a workshop. That's something that we like to do here at, on the campus. 
and uh, he wanted to just get in contact, you know, just kind of exchange information. And after that, he told me about, um, hey, we're, host we're hosting this conference. Do you want to help? And I said, of course, you know, we'd love to because personally, I think it's really important that we connect the youth. You know, we want to given that Mecha at UNM was the last time it was active was in 2018. I really think that it's important to kind of bridge that high school and college type of you know, that gap, I think that's really important because that's how we keep these things going, you know? Yeah, and, and so knowing that Mecha and the university level and high school level is bridging, making that bridge again is a, a good segue to having a youth conference. Um, so we tried to do the youth conference last year, but because of COVID, it, it, it didn't happen. So we kept pushing forward. And now that things are opening up again, we're able to do a conference. Um, and like you said, the theme of the conference is Chicanidad in the 21st century, um, Chicano, Chicanx intersectionality and Chicano, Chicanx futurism. Um, the mission of our conference is to pre prepare young Chicanos to build and organize community. That's one of them, um, understand our intersectional identities such as African, indigenous, queer, feminist, immigrant and others. Our workshops are hoping to empower each other and develop culture. Um, Diego, you can probably share some of the topics here that we have. Yeah, so some of the topics that we're gonna talk about, we're gonna have a workshop on toxic masculinity. We're gonna have a workshop on uh, Chicana feminism. Uh, a lot of different type of topics. We're trying to really bridge that, that intersectional kind of gap that can, that can sometimes be happening, you know? So that's kind of one of our main focuses of having this conference is to, of course, obviously connect with the youth, make sure that we're making those right connections and also just kind of you know like how we say right here it's very uh you know identity and liberation just kind of finding your roots and reconnecting with everything that a lot of times isn't being taught in normal public schools tell us about the important dates to remember for this conference so we're having a mixer on friday april 29th um it's open to young people to come and just socialize, get to, one, to know one another. And that is on the Friday. And then April the 30th, um, I believe it's from 10 to three, we're having workshops all day um, for young people ages 12 to 25. They're welcome to come and connect and learn stuff and share also the best way to learn from each other is to share and, and you know listen, like active listening and sharing. And then on, um, we're on the first, which is Sunday, we're doing International Workers' Day. We're having an action um, where we'll, you know, help promote workers. Um, so you'll, if you get, get to the conference on Saturday, you'll learn more about the action. And like I said, it's open to any rasa. And to me, rasa is like when you say dene, it's open to people of many cultures, not just um, Chicanos or Mexicanos or Me Mexican-Americans or Hispanics. We're, we're hoping people of color will come. Thank you so much for uh, telling us more about the, the important dates and about this conference. So why is it so important to have this La Raza Unida Youth Conference at this moment? Personally, I think it's important to have these types of conferences because it really helps 
understand where you're coming from you know i know a lot of times in public schools you know chicano history is not really touched on you know and it's kind of one of those things yeah you learn about maybe if you're lucky you know when i was a junior in high school i had a teacher who you know he taught us about the chicano movement because he wanted to you know it wasn't even in the curriculum and luckily i was fortunate enough to have a teacher at the time who was able to do that you know and conferences like this are important because it really helps the youth and really anybody who wants to learn about either Chicanismo or, you know, their culture or anything that they've kind of been denied of learning in a public school system. I feel that conferences like this really help kind of make them feel empowered. You know, it lets them know like, hey, I'm a part of history. And not only am I a part of history, but I can still make history, you know? So things like that are things like this are really important to the youth because I just think they really help, you know, they help, I guess the word that I'm looking for is build other people and build strong connections. I want the outcome of this conference to be, I want youth to make friends. I want people to meet each other. I want youth to be excited. And I also want youth to leave feeling empowered, feeling like, you know, feeling like they can walk around with pride, you know? Thank you so much, Diego. That was very inspiring. You are so wise at such a young age. What other organizations are behind La Raza Unida Youth Conference? So there's other organizations that are going to present at the workshop. Right now, the people that have signed up are, you know, either from Raza Unida, from the university at Mecha, um, the Southwest Organizing Project. Um, yeah, the Youth Engagement Program, Black Student Union, and the Filipinos. But yeah, so those are the groups we have out there that are coming. Oh, and I forgot to mention the African American Revolutionary Party are also going to come too. That's so exciting. So what is your message for New Mexico youth? And we'll start with you, Diego. My message for New Mexico youth is that when we all come together, we can make a lot of change happen. You know, I think, like I said prior, it's important to build or to bridge that gap from that intersectional gap that sometimes can happen, you know, with, within us. You know, I think that when we all come together and we realize, you know, somos iguales, you know, we can make a lot of things happen and, you know, our voices can be heard. And, you know, I also think it's important to let the youth know, yeah, you know, we're young, but we can still make change happen. Con ganas, we can make it happen, you know? Yeah, I think con ganas is a good thing. <laughs> I, I think also um, that it is time to have the youth come forward and the elders come forward and all those in between come forward. Gente, raza, dene, which is people also, like raza is people. Um, in, I don't know how to say it in my own language, but people, yeah. And we're we're reaching out mostly to people who embrace their culture, embrace who they are, and want to share it with others. And I think for the youth, I wish them to be proud. Muy orgulloso en tu cultura, tu familia. You know, there's a lot of cariño in, inside of you. Just bring it out and come and share it with us. Thank you so much both. It makes me a little bit emotional 
it's beautiful what I feel. Um, I feel empowered, I feel inspired, and just overall very excited about the conference. So Karen, where can people find more information about the conference and about La Raza Unida? And Diego, where can students and our community find more about Mecha of UNM? If you wanna know more about Mecha um, at the UNM campus, we host meetings every Friday at 2.30 to 3.30 at El Centro de la Raza, which is in Mesta Vista Hall, right across from the Student Union Building. Uh, we're in the conference room, like I said, every Friday, 2.30 to 3.30. Um, and yeah, all, you know, there's nothing that, there's no specific thing that you got to do. If you just want to stop by, say what's up, you know, we're going to be there. Uh, like I said, Mesa Vista Hall, El Centro de la Raza. My name is Diego Renteria. I'm the co-chair there. I'll probably be talking to some other mechistas and, you know, we welcome everybody with open arms, you know, we don't discriminate. We have, like I said, a very diverse group and we're just open to anybody who wants to come. You know, I remember one time I got asked, do I need to be Chicano to be in Mecha? And in all honesty, no, you know, we have uh, people from all over, all over, all types of gente, all types of raza, you know, that just want to come. And I think that's, that's what someone can do if they're more interested. You know, you can also follow us on Instagram at UNM underscore Mecha. And as for La Raza Unida, you can find us on Facebook at it's Bernalillo County La Raza Unida. Um, and then also the conference, you can um, go to the HTTPS at the bit.ly. It's the bit.ly3e5clqn. Um, the flyer is also on Facebook. And if you want to join La Raza Unida, um, go look up our page on Facebook and, and, and we can reach out to you or you can email us at burncolarazonida um, at gmail.com. And we're a community organization. Um, we raise consciousness among Raza and we're not just a, a political party anymore. We, we're actually here, we're an organizing committee. I'm not so much running candidates. Is there anything else that any of you would like to add? No, just thank you so much for having us, Barbara. And thank you, Diego, for doing solidarity work with us. Of course, like I said, Barbara, thank you so much for having us. Karen, I really appreciate everything that you are allowing Mecha to help with when it comes to La Raza Unida Party. And I just want to say, you know, que viva La Raza. Que viva. Que viva la mujer y gente y todo. Thank you so much. Muchísimas gracias a los dos uh, for speaking with Generation Justice today, but also for the effort and the organizing that you're doing for this conference, that it's so needed for our community right now. Thank you so much, Generation Justice, and thank you so much, Roberta Rayo. Yes, thank you so much, Generation Justice. For Generation Justice, I'm Barbara Ramirez. Gracias, Karen Diego for being the outstanding leaders for our Chicano and Latino community. It was amazing to hear about todo el trabajo que Mecha de UNM y La Raza Unida hacen con la comunidad. I'm very excited for La Raza Unida Youth Conference that's coming up. Our guest, Karen Cate, wanted to share this song with you, Yo Soy Chicano by Los Alvarados. Thank you.
Asian American Pacific Islander Resource Center at UNM or APERC was established during the 2021-2022 academic year as a result of a student-led initiative to create a center that supports Asian American Pacific Islander students at UNM. Here is Associate Director Farah Nashin and Leader Student Ambassador Emma Hatz speaking with my co-host Madumita Santanam. This is Madhumita Santanam with Generation Justice, and I'm speaking with Farah Nashin, Associate Director, and Emma Hotz, founding member and lead student ambassador from the Asian American Pacific Islander Research Center at UNM. Farah and Emma, welcome to Generation Justice. Hi, thank you for having us. Of course, thank you for being here. Um, can you please tell us more about yourselves? And we'll start with Emma. Yeah, so my name is Emma. Um, I'm currently a student at UNM. Um, I'm a senior and I'm studying political science and sociology. Um, my pronouns are she, her. And yes, I have just been a part of the founding of the Asian American Pacific Islander Resource Center. Um, so the past couple of years, we've just been working on the establishment of the center. Um, this year has been predominantly the year where we've been able to get the center started. Um, and really open it up to students um, and that being like having the space for students and also just offering like advisement and um, just different opportunities and events and programming. So um, yeah, but that's just a little bit more about me. Of course, thank you for sharing that. Fara? Thank you, Madhu. Um, I have been an advisor, an academic advisor and I'm informally called the social justice advisor in arts and sciences at UNM. I've been working there since uh, 2014. And prior to that, I was a grad student in American studies. And I came from Seattle to go to grad school at University of New Mexico, and then stayed on as academic advisor. And then when this center opened, um, I applied to be the associate director and was uh, able to be in this position and it's only been about two weeks and I'm really excited about it and I'm so excited to speak with Generation Justice about this um, amazing new resource for API students um, as well as the wider Albuquerque community. Thank you for having me Madhu. Of course, thank you, and that's awesome. Um, can you share more about the Asian American Pacific Islander Resource Center and your mission? And we'll start with Emma. Um, yeah, so I think really why I wanted the center to be on campus and like why so many other students were really advocating for this to be on campus as well was really just to have um, a place in our community to feel recognized and to feel heard. Um, so that's kind of really the mission of having a center on campus for students, for um, Oppie students specifically. Um, and it is really open to anyone too as well. We wanna make sure that every student is able to come and either like feel welcome and have a community and um, are able to either hear more about our culture or um, have a place where they can express like their heritage and their culture. So I think it's really just having that space where you can feel comfortable on campus, whether that being like just eating your lunch, having time between classes to study, um, and really just spending time with friends and people that 
you're able to identify with. And I think that's a huge mission of our center, but also um, to, again, like talk about topics that are affecting our communities um, and really just having a place where you can connect. Um, but I think having those conversations is extremely important. And that's something that I'm really looking forward to having um, as the center progresses. Thank you for sharing that. And absolutely, community building is so important. So thank you. And Farah? Yes, um, definitely agree with Emma about uh, students having a place of belonging. I think that um, as well as visibility, I think one of the things that comes up a lot for, for Asian American students is belonging where we're like the forever foreigner. Um, and we just need to be able to go somewhere. Asian students need to be able to go somewhere where they could feel that sense of belonging and community building. Um, and just as some background, there are three other centers that were built in the late 60s, 70s, as well as 80s that are now departments at UNM. There is the African-American Student Services, there's El Centro de la Raza, and then there's the American Indian Student Services. So there were, there have been three centers for um, serving students that are racialized um, and culture, I guess we can say cultural, um, cultural spaces, but uh, the Asian American students didn't have one yet. So, and that has a lot to do with uh, social movements. Generally, ethnic centers are created through uh, movements by students. And I think that over the years there have been attempts and, um, and this time was just the right time. And I think it had a lot to do with the pandemic. It had to do with visibility and it was just time in, in Albuquerque in New Mexico, as well as at UNM that we have this center. Thank you for sharing that. And also thank you for sharing a little bit about the history of some of the um, services because I didn't know much about them. Do you have to be an Asian American student to come to the center? Great question, Madhu. Um, first, uh, the, all of the ethnic uh, cultural centers and all of the centers are open to uh, students as well as faculty, staff, and the community, um, uh, just the wider community in Albuquerque. So you don't have to be uh, an, a student at UNM and for our, for any of the centers, you don't have to be that of that particular uh, ethnicity. So you don't even have to be um, Asian American to come to our center and you don't have to be a student. So there's no like requirement like that. You know, we centering our services and how we create our services for uh, B students. So we center the services um, for the betterment uh, and the success uh, of API students at UNM. However, the center services are available to everybody. Um, and us, for, for us in particular, we also think a lot about our faculty and staff um, because it's a new center. We wanna make sure that we can have, uh, that our students, our OPI students are aware of the faculty and as well as the staff who are available for them for support. So definitely, um, and then we are also, um, it's really also important to us to work with the community. 
Um, so we work with several uh, API organizations that are outside of UNM, and some of these include the Asian American Association of New Mexico, uh, New Mexico Asian Family Center, uh, the um, Asian Business Collaborative. So there's several organizations that we work with, and we also work with um, communities of color and um, uh, just organizations that serve all communities of color. Thank you. Yeah, and I love how diverse AAPI is. It's awesome. Yeah, thank you. That was really fun. And Madhu, you must come because you are part of the center. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, and of course, like I mentioned, like diversity um, and the amount of diversity in the Asian American Pacific Islander Resource Center is amazing. So thank you again for sharing like the countries or some of them. What services are available to those who come to APERC? And what are some of the upcoming events you're planning? Yeah, um, as of right now, um, obviously we're still kind of getting started, but as we're, as this year has progressed, um, we've had like academic advisement. Um, I think like advice and advisement in general, um, as like a student is progressing throughout college is really what we want to provide as well. Um, I think like having resources um, at the center. So mental health resources, scholarship resources, things like that um, are also available like on our website. And then also just again, like having that space where students can feel a sense of community. Absolutely. And thank you for sharing that. Um, and Farah? Thank you, Madhu and Emma. Um, one of the things we'll be having is, is a number of events, as well as self-care and mental health um, events as well. Like I'm planning some yoga, qigong, meditation, um, having that regularly scheduled so that there, people are able to find that um, calmness and care for the body, mind, and spirit. I think the most important uh, event coming up is just this week, April 28th at 2 p.m. is the ribbon cutting ceremony. We want um, many people are uh, of um, definitely Asian American Pacific Islander people as well as our allies to come and celebrate with us the opening of the center because so many of us have worked really hard in the last few years to to have to open the center and this is our big day that we'll be opening the center um, other events we're going to be having is um, we have a book discussion coming up on May 6th and it's featuring one of the faculty from communications and journalism. Their name is uh, Dr. Shinsuke Iguchi. They'll be reading their new book and that will provide you know, more, um, that, that's offering also um, Asian uh, American faculty to be able to use the center and reach out to Asian American students and staff. And then we'll, we're going to have our first um, API graduation, and that'll be on May 11th. So, uh, so you know, just as background again, uh, UNM has uh, several like specialized organ uh, graduations, and that includes like the Black graduation. There is Rasa graduation, American Indian 
uh, graduation, rainbow graduation, as well as the different departments, the academic departments like uh, psychology and women's studies. So this will be our first graduation at UNM that is specifically for Asian American students. I think a lot has to do with uh, having visibility to the wider community and then providing uh, space for, for students as well as faculty and staff of um, Asian heritage. And just to also uh, say another service is that May is Asian American Heritage Month. So these uh, events that we have, including the ribbon cutting, it's a launch into the uh, Heritage Month and then the May 6th book discussion, as well as the graduation will be part of that uh, May Heritage. Thank you for sharing that and about some of the um, events that, and that you have that are upcoming. I'm excited for them, so thank you. Um, where can people learn more about the Asian American Pacific Islander Resource Center and where it's located, the center? Yeah, so we have two student workers right now, other than me, um, that have been really awesome at keeping our Instagram updated um, and our calendar on our website updated. So um, yeah, you can go to APERC, um, UNM, um, and that's on Instagram. So you can, so it's A-A-P-I-R-C. And so that's where you can find our Instagram and that's also um, our website. Um, so it's aperk.unm.edu. And so we actually have like a live calendar on there where we're updating events. Um, and that's also includes student org events as well. Um, so that's a great way to stay updated. Yep, the location is in the education building uh, and the room number is 212. And the education building is right next to Zimmerman. There's a courtyard on, on the uh, below and then you just walk up the stairs to the education, um, to the second floor and it's right behind the water, the white fountain. Is there anything else that you would both like to add? I think we forgot to mention this, but our office hours are 8.30 to five o'clock Monday through Friday. Um, so everyone is welcome during that time to stop by the center. If we happen to be closed, normally we'll post that on our story. Um, if there's like an event going on or if we can't, we can't, we don't have staffing at that time, but generally we're open um, all of those times. And so it's welcome to everyone to stop by and just um, ask questions or hang out or obviously for having an event come to those events. Just wanted to add that. So um, I'd like to uh, just say a few words about who is included in Asian American Pacific Island uh, Islander. So we have definitely the Pacific Islander people that's like Hawaii, Guam and other locations like that. Then we have East Asia, which is uh, China, Tibet, um, Japan, Korea, those locations. Um, then we have South Asia, which is uh, India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, Nepal, those, that region. And then we have um, Southeast Asia, which is Thailand, Malaysia, Vietnam, and other countries. So I'm not naming all of the countries. And then, then we have Central Asia, which is Afghanistan, Iran. And then we have the Middle East and uh, that includes 
countries such as Saudi Arabia and uh, Iraq, Syria, Palestine, and others. So this is just, uh, and even like Northern Africa, like Egypt, um, Tunisia. So we also include several, uh, a lot. so it's a really wide range of who we are serving as for Asian Americans. Um, thank you, Farah and Emma, for being here today and speaking with me about AAPI. I didn't know much about it, to be honest, even though I am a student at UNM. So thank you so much for sharing about it and the awesome events and services that you guys provide. I'm truly happy that I got to speak with you guys today. So thank you. And for Generation Justice, I'm Madhumita Santanam. Thank you, Farah and Emma, for speaking to us about the Asian American Pacific Islander Resource Center. We are very proud to have such an amazing resource center on campus. The members of APERC selected the song Got It Like That by B.I., Destiny Rogers, and Tyla Yahweh. Year, the holy month of Ramadan started on April 1st and it will end on Sunday, May 1st. But what is the meaning of Ramadan? Elder Sahib Sadah Musafruddin tells us about the meaning and explains the five pillars of Islam. This is Christina Rodriguez with Generation Justice, and today we are talking about Ramadan. Welcome to Generation Justice. Do you mind introducing yourself to us? My name is Sabzada. Muzaffaruddin, they call me Saab. I'm 94 years old. I was educated. I was born in a place in India known as Hyderabad Dakkan. United States of America opened the gateway for education for my children and their welfare, their well-being, their growth, and their prosperity. And I'm proud to say that my children grandchildren and great-grandchildren are doing a wonderful job. So this is my story. I am enjoying life now. I am a soldier. I am fit. I can walk. But I need some help every now and then. Thank you for sharing your story with me and welcoming me into your home. Tell me more about Ramadan. You know, we have got in Islam five pillars. The first pillar is the unity of God. This is called Vedaniyat, singleness of God. God does not like anybody to be his partner. He is almighty, omnipotent, omnipresent. The second pillar of Islam is prayer. And the third pillar is zakat, the charity. And the fourth pillar is fasting. And the fifth pillar is Hajj, the pilgrimage to Mecca. Ramadan is the month for the Muslims of the whole world. It's known as the holy month. It is obligatory for all Muslims except the children at a certain age. 
you have to be an example because everybody is fasting. You cannot fight. You cannot lie. If one can practice the discipline of fasting, one will have the self-restraint. It requires exercises, spiritual exercises, physical exercises, patience, perseverance, dignity in thinking, in respecting, in moving. So all these things are combined. There are three ten days in the month of Ramadan. The first ten days is the maghfirat. That means Allah forgives people. In the second ten days, it is you pray for your long life and prosperity. And in the third phase, you are again begging Allah for your forgiveness, which you know a person does from time to time. Nobody is free of sin. In the end, Ramadan is marked by a celebration, which is Eid. Prior to the prayer, you have fitra. Fitra as prescribed by the law of that local country or city or township. So you have to pay before you pray. And this fitra is meant for the poor people who cannot afford. So this is the month of Ramadan. I am fasting. I always fasted. Why we do this? People who complete all the five pillars of Islam, they have a place in Jannah, that is the paradise. This life, the present life, is a temporary life. So in the end, I thank you very much for coming in here, listening to me, because very few people talk during Ramadan, because they are fasting, they are reciting Quran, they are praying, and this is our most precious these are our more precious days in which we want to be as close to Allah, as close to Muhammad, as close to our religion, as close to the human beings who are suffering day and night. We want to help them and help them a lot. There are two types of service we do. One is the service to God. Second service is to the humanity. Both are equal to us because we are accounted for both these things. Thank you very much. God bless you. Thank you, Sahib Zadam Muzaffaruddin, sir, for sharing about the importance of Ramadan and educating us about the five pillars of Islam. Now we bring you Ramadan Kana by Marseng, a song that celebrates the holy month of Ramadan. <laughs> We're still in the midst of a deadly and disabling global pandemics. So as you venture out to community events, we at GJ want to remind you to think about all of the most vulnerable in our community who are immunocompromised or too young to get vaccinated. Wear a mask. Masks are still shown to reduce the risk and the severity of COVID. COVID is spreading right now. Please do the right thing for everyone. Along those lines, here's a friendly reminder. According to the New Mexico Department of Health, children five and older are eligible for the first and second dose of the COVID-19 vaccine. Getting your child vaccinated will protect them and others around them. Are you up to date? Get up to date. Your vaccination is waiting for you. 
Some people are on vaccine one, two, three, and four is now available to anyone over 50 years old. Protect yourself and your loved ones by getting up to date on your vaccinations. For more information, go to cvvaccine.nmhealth.org. That's cvvaccine.nmhealth.org. Don't forget to get your COVID-19 vaccines, get boosted, mask up, and follow safety protocols to help stop the deadly and disabling global pandemic. We hope you've enjoyed this hour of community action. We'd like to thank our guests, Karen Cate, Diego Renteria, Farhan Oshin, Emma Hotz, and Sahib Zada Muzafruddin. Tonight's hour of radio was produced by Roberta Rael and Barbara Ramirez, with production assistant for myself, Angel Baker Guillen. And thank you to our interviewers, Barbara Ramirez, my co-host, Madumita Santanam, and Cristina Rodriguez. We want to give a big shout out to all of our youth producers. We cannot do what we do without you. Generation Justice would also like to thank KUNM for bringing the voices of young people to you, KUNM listeners. Our website is generationjustice.org, where you can check out all of our multimedia work and listen to our podcasts, which are also available on SoundCloud, Apple, and Google Podcasts. We're also active on social media. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and follow our playlists on Spotify. Generation Justice is funded by the W.K. Kellogg Foundation, with additional funding from the Annie E. Casey Foundation, Taconalma Health Foundation, NMDOH Better Together, and of course, all of you who have contributed to our project by visiting our website and clicking Donate. Our opening song is Youth of the Nation by P.O.D. Our last song of the night is Ahlen Ramadan by Ali Maghrib. I'm Madhumita Santanam. And I'm Angel Baker Guillen. Coming up on KUNM is Spoken Word. So stay tuned and join us next Sunday at 7 o'clock. Good night. Ahlen, ahlen, Ramadan, Ramadan, Ramadan.